Well, good morning, church. How are you today? Would you stand and worship with us this morning? Wave across the room with somebody. Let them know you're glad they are here. It's good to be in church. Amen. Never runs out on me, your love. 
victory that everywhere that our feet tread, you are with us. Father, we give you all of the glory. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you in this place as a family this morning. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Amen, amen, amen. Would you give the Lord a shout this morning? Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Heavenly Father. He is good. Amen. Come on, where would we be without him? <laughs> what would your life look like? Isn't he great? When of the king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide trembles at his voice trembles at his voice would you lift your hand and sing how great is our god sing with me how great is our god and all will see how great how great is our god And time is in his hands Beginning and the end Beginning and the end The Godhead three in one The Father, Spirit, Son The Lion and the Lamb the lion and the lamb how great is our god sing with me how great is our god all will see how great how great is our god sing name above the name Sing with me how great 
God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Sing name above, the name above all names, you are worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing how great is our God. Come on, would you declare that, that he is the name above all names? The name above all names, you are worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing how great is our God. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Father. The name above. The name that changes everything, amen? That when we speak life, when we speak that name of Jesus, mountains must move, hallelujah. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Lord. All power, all authority, praise you, Heavenly Father. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence So I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Come on, would you declare this? Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus cause your name is power your name is
far Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Come on, would you declare that this morning? Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within His presence So I speak Jesus Come on, that name of Jesus is greater what are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Is it the name of Jesus? Is it the things that are higher, the things that are greater than your circumstance? It's that name of Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Come on shout Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, I speak Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over. Praise you, praise you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, my Father, for ministering to every heart today. Peace of God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Well, I have, especially over the last few months, when I have come to church, I have come with a very expectant heart. Like, Lord, what are you gonna what are you gonna do in our midst today? I expect supernatural things of God. Of course, we have been confessing that, haven't we, for this year? And yeah, I guess that's how it works. Let's say it together now. Okay, I'm saying it, not Pastor Mike. He can do it too. He can do whatever he wants. Right? <laughs> but I want to do it too. This is our year of Jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We expect. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to dismiss our kids to their classes uh, right now and the no junior high. No junior. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. before you're seated, why don't you greet somebody this morning and give them a warm welcome and God bless you. Don't you appreciate Pastor Chip and our worship team? Did a great job today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And for those of you who are worshiping with us online, we're so glad that you're with us that way. Hallelujah. We love you. We declare you blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, it's good to see you here this weekend. Thank the Lord. Aren't you so thankful for the family of God? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Sweet presence of the Lord here today. Amen. Uh, we're just going to remind you that there are uh, things happening with um, our children and our youth this summer. Uh, there's information in the bulletin about it. You can check it out. Um, I just want to say, wow, we have an amazing response for helpers for Vacation Bible School. So now, Lord, send even more children. Amen. We have that many helpers. We need more. We can... Uh, service more service more children anyway and then youth camp and kids camp as well so just uh, be aware of that and, uh, sign up your grandchildren your children maybe a neighbor praise the lord also we just want you to uh, save the date and put on your calendar june 18th at uh, terry mize will be with here uh, with us here terry and renee will be here and pastor mike he will be here taking attendance so Terry was going to be in town, and so we invited him to be with us. We appreciate them. And uh, the, the power of God and the anointing of God that is on them, praise the Lord. They are, they are steady, uh, 
filled with the power of God and filled with the word of God people. And they are good people to, to follow. It's not good to follow everybody, but you can follow the fruit of their life and you can follow their, their teaching. And so they're safe. Thank the Lord. We always have, Pastor Mike always has safe people here ministering to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor Chip, did you go very far? Okay, good. He's going to, Pastor Chip is going to come and uh, I don't have that many words to fill up how slow you're walking. (laughs) Believe it or not. There used to be a show, Believe It or Not, it seems like. Anyway, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. How are you today? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? It's good to celebrate our family and the accomplishments of some of our young people. So it is graduation season. So we have a few of them that we want to bring up on stage today to honor them. So where are my graduates? You guys can come up. Where's Christian? Where's Brendan? Brayden? Caroline's over there. Let me pull up my notes. Hi, guys going to leave her by herself over there? All right. Here, why don't you all stand over here and look so pretty. You guys, they should stand in front, huh? We should embarrass them. I'm just kidding. Uh, But guys, uh, these are our graduates. We're going to start with our college graduates. You guys, if you've ever been around this church, you see all of these faces every single week. Some of them since they were this tall. How long has Caroline been here? Since birth? (laughs) Caroline was actually born in the fellowship hall. Um, But we want to honor them today, and I'll just kind of read some, uh, some things about each one of them. Caroline McClaskey on the end. Wave to everybody. <laughs> Caroline graduated with honors from Point Loma Nazarene University as a double major in international studies and Spanish. <laughs> so some of you need to test her on her Spanish later today. Uh, A highlight was her experience studying abroad in San Jose, Costa Rica, her junior year, living with a host family that she grew to know and love. It was a single mother and a daughter that took her in as one of their own. Uh, Now that she's graduated, she's living in San Diego with some of her college roommates, continuing to work for San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond. Uh, One thing, this is for mom and dad, one thing that we are really proud of is the maturity and spiritual growth that we see in Caroline. This is exemplified by her church selection in San Diego that is pastored by Arema grad, where she attended all by herself the last three years of college and still attends today. One scripture that Caroline held on to, in particular as she went through college, and she used to write it on the top of her test, was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Miss Caroline McClaskey, congratulations. Okay, you have that. Uh, there's uh, a couple people that aren't with us today that we want to make sure that you honor as well. Can we put Miss Haley Martinick's picture up on the screen? You would recognize Haley, who was uh, born in the kids' ministry room. <laughs> We're going to open a Christian birthing center pretty quick. Uh, Haley Martinick, graduating from Vanguard University with a Bachelor of Arts in Theology with an emphasis in pastoral care. She graduates with the highest honors, summa cum laude. For mom and dad, they say, we are so proud of Haley because of who she is. We love watching her carry herself with so much elegance and class. She is so hardworking and diligent, and she chooses every day to follow the Lord and his calling on her life. 
She is dedicated and kind and has a sneaky, sassy side that we love to see come out as well. Haley, we are honored to be your parents, and we love you completely. Haley is moving on to her graduate program, and she'll receive her master's degree in leadership studies. She'll also be leading a missions team back to Ireland this summer to further spread the gospel. One of the scriptures that have been spoken over her and important to her, Isaiah 54, 13, and 14, all your children will be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. This is Haley Faith Martinick. Uh, I wanted to update you on a, one young man as well that's finishing up at Grand Canyon University. His name is Grayson. He, uh, he's a tall blondie that you've seen running around here for years and years and years. Uh, his dream is to work in Major League Baseball, not play in Major League Baseball, but work in Major League Baseball. So he graduates from Grand Canyon University, and he is currently taking a job for a minor league team up in Seattle, Washington. So he is well on his way. Now the goon squad. The boys, the boys are up. Here we go. These are your high school graduates, class of 2023. Can you believe it's 2023? First off, Christian Schubert. Hi, Christian. Wave to everybody. Christian graduates from Santa Margarita Catholic High School and has the coolest car in the parking lot. His parents didn't write that, but I like his car. Uh, he loves the Lord, and he finished his high school career well. He's headed to Baylor to study finance, and one of the scriptures that are important to him is Joshua 1, 8, and 9 that says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Christian Schubert. That's for you, bud. I think these two were born here, too. Uh, contrary to popular belief, these two boys are not twins. I know it was confusing to most of you as they grew up, but first we'll go with little brother Braden Lemp. Wave your hand. The little brother's the big brother. Braden graduates from Excellence in Education Academy. At just 16 years old, he's finishing his high school career early. He's a first degree black belt in karate and is testing for his second degree later on this summer. He loves mountain bike racing and his parents are proud of him because he seeks God first in all that he does. He is thoughtful of others, always making others laugh and he is a pun master. If I put you on the spot, do you have one? Okay, fair enough. What's next for him? He's, uh, uh, he's seeking God for direction, pursuing uh, enduro mountain bike racing, and is currently working in the family business alongside his father and his brother. Favorite scriptures that, uh, that parents have spoken over his life, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. This is Mr. Braden Lemp, class of 2023. Congratulations, bud. All right, big brother. This is Brendan. Everybody say hi, Brendan. <laughs> is that you, Noah? Brendan is also graduating from the Excellence in Education Academy and has his first degree black belt and is again testing for a second degree this summer. Wait, wait, wait. 
Who wins in a fight? We'll have to see at summer camp. All right, bring the sparring gear. First degree black belt testing for his second degree later on this summer. Uh, he's a mountain bike racer that placed sixth overall in the Southern California High School Race Series. And when asked why we're proud of him, his parents answered for continuing to seek God and direction for his future, always serving others and encouraging all those who are around him. What's next? He'll be pursuing a career in professional mountain bike racing while continuing to work for the family business. A scripture that his parents have spoken over his life, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Mr. Brendan Limp. Family, would you stretch your hands out to these graduates so we can pray over them this morning? Father, we thank you for these young lives, that you, set, you continue to lead them and guide them in every single thing that they do, that their lives are in your hands, that their foundation has been planted through your word, through their families, through this church. God, that your heart would always be in them, that they would find favor with people, that they would be surrounded with people wherever they would go that would point them right back to you. Thank you for each one that's here, the hearts and the plans that you have for their lives, that we get to be a part of it and watch them grow in your kingdom. God, we give you all the glory, and thank you for continuing to bless them as they go. In Jesus' name, family, if you can agree with that, would you say amen? Ladies and gentlemen, your class of 2023. All right, boys and girls, thank you. Congratulations. I got really choked up on that one. And Pastor Chip has been here since he's eight years old. And now he says he's old. I said, just wait 25 more years and you'll wish you wouldn't have said that. 40 is not that old. Oh, okay, he's over the hill now, he's 41. Anyway, it is such a blessing to watch these young people, young adults now grow up in our church and and watch them and watch their families be steady and faithful and continue. You know, I remember when I was a young girl in my 20s and, and Brother Hagen would talk about and say things like, you know, about being faithful and uh, that the whole, the whole thing about life is our faithfulness, that God won't look at us and, and say, well, this one won so many to the Lord and or compare us like that, because we each have, of course, a different path that we take, but that we are faithful in the path that the Lord has given us. Hallelujah. And so uh, it's so easy, you know, to compare yourself to other people, and we're not supposed to compare ourselves to others. It's our race, and being faithful to run the race that God has given us to run, hallelujah. And um, so to stand before Jesus one day, when we do, stand before the Father, and for them to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And you know, in these days that we live in, that's one thing that you don't see very much. You don't see people being faithful. They're not faithful to friendships. They're not faithful to church. They're not faithful to the Lord. They're very flighty. Um, but thank God for faithful, faithful people in our church and faithful people that we know. Amen. Amen. We're going to be faithful now in our offerings. And so, uh, ushers, if you want to come, you can uh, find some envelopes there in the seat in front of you, or you can give electronically, as you well know. Praise the Lord. He has been faithful to us. Hallelujah. He's been faithful in his word. 
He's been faithful in his compassion. I think I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures as the ushers come. Uh, and then we'll pray. Hallelujah. He's full of compassion toward us in every area, including the area of provision for you in your life. Isaiah 30, 18, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Isaiah 49, 10, I think I read this a few weeks ago. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. Hallelujah. So Lord, we're just so thankful for your compassion toward us and your faithfulness toward us. You have taken care of us. You have guided us. You have been the Prince of Peace to us. The name of Jesus has never failed us. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. It is such a small thing for us to honor you with the first fruits of our increase. And we do it because we worship you. We do it, Lord, because you are faithful to us and we honor you with our substance. And we honor you with offerings, Lord. Thank you, Father, for making us a blessing that our lives truly are ones that we can say we live to give. We live to be a blessing and to honor you in Jesus' name. If you can agree with that, say amen. Amen. Family, after you've had the chance to give, would you stand and worship with us again this morning? We can also dismiss the youth group if you guys want to head out. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though trouble lingers still. Whom shall I fear? Cause I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind I know who goes before me I know 
is always by my side. Pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's make our confession again. This is our year of Jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to start this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. I believe that it's an important thing for us to know the times that we live in. There are behaviors mentioned here by Paul in his last letter in communication with Timothy. And this word perilous in most translations is translated dangerous, but the real meaning of the word is strength reducing. This know also that in the last days perilous times, strength reducing times shall come. And then it makes mention of a number of behaviors and so forth. None of those are exclusive to the day that we live in. Men have always been lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, and etc. But there's a reason why Paul was inspired by the Holy Ghost to put those things down, to record them for us. And there's a reason why we should understand these things to know the, the time that we live in. The fact that he makes mention of these behaviors must mean that it's a time when these things are identified by the culture of the last days. Verse 5 is talking about more of those behaviors. And it says, having a form of godliness but not denying the power thereof from such turn away. That's an indication that the that all of humanity will be engaging in these things. Strength reducing times shall come. The Bible makes clear that the word of God is the strength of God given to us to preserve us and to see us through. I want you to look with me to Mark chapter 4. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and to the multitudes. And he, gives, he speaks of the parable of the sower sowing the word. The disciples came to him later and asked, what does it mean? And Jesus made some statements that I think we would do well to understand. Verse 13, Mark 4, verse 13, he said unto them, know ye not this parable? 
How then will you know all parables? There's something about this parable in Matthew, Mark chapter 4 that enables us to understand everything that Jesus taught. He also said about this parable that it was given to them, the disciples, to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So all of the kingdom of God works off of these principles given to us in the sower sowing the word. Verse 14, the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so endure it for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the world, hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Folks, there are five things that are mentioned in this parable that makes the difference between good ground and bad ground. Verse 17, affliction or persecution. The word affliction means trouble, difficulty, hard, hard times. Persecution is being attacked by others. And notice that it arises, these afflictions or persecution arise from the word's sake. So Jesus is telling us that the work of the devil is to make us turn away from the word and the strength-reducing times and the culture in which we live. are designed to make us change our attention away from the word. Then in verse 19, another type of ground, the thorny ground, means, mentions three things that Satan will come against us with and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Folks, these five things are going to be the major attacks of the devil against the church. And so there are five things, five keys that are given to us to keep us from being reduced in strength. The Bible tells us about the life of Abraham. And one of the trademarks of his life, it tells us in Genesis chapter 14 about Lot, his nephew, which was taken into captivity. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, 
brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has given, delivered thine enemies under thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods unto yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even the shoestring, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich. Abraham recognized and always maintained a place of honor for God in his life. It looks to me like in the days that we're living in, we are living in the best possible time throughout the history of man for the Antichrist to be revealed. When we look around us and we see the things that are being done in the political scene of our country and the social scene of our country and the absolute lunacy that's becoming commonplace. But every generation has its distractions. Every generation of mankind has had opportunities to turn away from the word and to give up. rather than hold on and hold fast to the promises of God. Genesis chapter 28 tells us the story of Jacob who stole the birthright from his brother. He wanted the right things but he tried to bring him forth in his own power and that didn't work too well. Jacob is finally sent away as an outcast. But in Genesis chapter 28, verse 20, it said, Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Tithing must have been something that was present and operated on, or else Jacob wouldn't have known that it was an important thing where God was concerned. So he makes this vow to God and goes into a strange land just as his grandfather Abraham had done. 
and he found, he found somebody that was part of his kindred, his uncle called Laban, and he began to work for Laban, and Laban gave him his daughters, Leah and Rachel, who provided children for Jacob. And his uncle did to him very similar and operated in a very similar manner that Jacob had operated in toward his brother Esau. But God enriches, Abraham, enriches Jacob and Jacob leaves this land to go back to his own land, his own country. And God appears to him and says, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowedest a vow unto me. Now arise and get thee out of this land and return to the land of thy kindred. Now the Bible doesn't tell us that Jacob began to pay tithes But the, the implication here is, is it looks to me, you judge it for yourself, but it looks to me like God is reminding him of the vow that he made. And assuming that to be the case, I'm led to believe that Jacob began paying tithes from that point. His father carried on the activity of tithing that he learned from his father, Abram. And now here God is reminding Jacob of the vow that he made. Now look with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is Moses giving his farewell address to the children of Israel before he dies and goes off the scene. Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And the Lord shall remember all the way which, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in your heart, whether thou would keep the commandments or not. Folks, notice in verse 2, it doesn't say that God brought the trouble upon them. They brought that trouble on themselves. We could turn back to Numbers chapter 13 and see where they rebelled against God and failed to take the promised land as God intended for them to do. And that was the reason they spent those 40 years in the wilderness. But it's telling us that God used those years in the wilderness and that hard places are beneficial to, for us to know what was in our heart, whether we would keep his commandments or not. Most of the time, we're trying to get out of the hard places in life. And many of us, or many people, pray that God would deliver them when the very things that they're trying to get delivered from are the places that really make them 
by holding fast to the word. Verse 3, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. Several times the, the reference is made to the feeding of Israel through manna, and it always says this phrase with it, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. In other words, there was no explanation for the things that God did on behalf of Israel, toward Israel. So he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Now the Bible is telling us what God's intent was and is. If it was God's intent toward Israel in the Old Testament, God never changes, so it's got to be his intent today with us. God used unexplained, unexplainable actions toward Israel because he wanted them to know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now you may remember in Matthew chapter four, that's the first temptation that Jesus encounters. The devil, after Jesus was hungry, the devil said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus answers, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when he faced hunger, he kept his eye on the word of God. He kept the word first place in his life. He goes on in verse four, thy raiment wax not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth or disciplines thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring up out of, that spring out of valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig, fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. So he speaks of this land being full of resources. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he gives thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied then thy heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. Folks, 
Folks, we are to take every hard place, every difficulty that we experience and apply the word of God to the, the problem, the lack, whatever it might be. And God has the intent of bringing us into the good land to do thee good at thy latter end. He's warning him again in verse 17, and thou shalt say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Five things Jesus told us in the parable of the sower sowing the word. Five things that we are to understand is the work of the devil. Try to change us from our focusing our attention on the word and putting the word first place in our lives. Affliction, persecution, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. Folks, the cares of this world aren't wrong things. The thing that he's talking about is worry. Don't yield to worry because of the way things are going in this generation. The lust of other things is don't let something else take the place of the word of God as being first place in your life. And the deceitfulness of riches, that's the easiest one to understand. The deceitfulness of riches is to think that money will solve every problem. But there's really only one problem that money solves, and that's the lack of money. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Notice what the deceitfulness of riches appears to be. It appears as an entitled, an attitude of entitlement. But the way you overcome the attitude of entitlement is to remember that it's God that gives you the power to get well. It's not your own doing, your own hand, or your own great financial wisdom. It's God. Notice verse 12 again, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein. Building goodly houses must not be a sin. And God is certainly agreeable for that through the words that he's speaking. And when thy herds and their flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, 
Folks, God's not trying to keep anything from us. He's trying to get us to the blessing. Proverbs says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. God wants your silver and gold to be multiplied. He wants your herds and your flocks to be multiplied, whatever career you're in. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to experience supernatural growth and supernatural provision. He just doesn't want you to forget that it was him that did it for you. And again, that's an attitude. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, and when the herds and the flocks multiply and the silver and gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up and forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents. And as folks, they spent 40 years in the wilderness and there's only one time that the Bible tells us that the fiery serpents came into the camp and that was because they had murmured and disobeyed God, spoke against God. And when they came to places where there was no water, God brought water out of the rock. And who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Notice that wealth is part of the covenant. Now the devil wants to bring you under condemnation for thinking that God would provide for us and not just barely get by. When they were eating manna in the wilderness, they were restricted on how much they could bring in just one day's worth. And so every day they would go out into the fields and gather manna for their family. There's never been a greater example of the word of God providing for the people of Israel than when they were provided manna every day. Now Jesus apparently understood, rightly understood the importance of keeping the word first place because he refers back to this when he's tempted of the devil to satisfy his hunger. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. He's telling them by that phrase which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. He's saying the covenant is yours, just as much yours as it was Abraham's, Isaac's, and Jacob's. 
And folks, the covenant is still the same for us as it was for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. The instruction that he gave through Malachi the prophet to the children of Israel is the only place in the Bible where God calls for you to prove him, put him to the test. In almost every other situation, Jesus speaks of an evil generation seeking for a sign. But here he says, prove me. If I will not open you unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That phrase, shall not be room enough to receive it, has got to be talking about something other than finances. Because you're never going to get a call from your bank saying they can't take any more of your money. But honoring God and putting him first place, and really, folks, that, I think that's the, the whole story when it comes to tithing. Abraham paid tithes unto God by giving them to Melchizedek. And it wasn't something God had directed him to do. There's no, absolutely no reference in the scripture for Abram doing it out of anything other than just a love for God. So after all the years he had been walking with God and God making him rich, increasing his silver and his cattle and his gold, He didn't forget God, and God was pleased with him. And I think that's what God's trying to get Israel to repent and to follow. Verse 11 again, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's the only place in the Bible that the, the, the scripture ever tells us that God will do something about the devil on your behalf. Every other place, it tells us what to do. Resist the devil and he'll flee from us. It tells us to, to be fast in faith against the devil. But this place is the only one in all of the Bible, where God says he'll do something about the devil for you on your behalf. 
And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome, li- delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now they were under a curse. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord, yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? You have said it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. To change their attitude. Now there's no curse against the children of, uh, of uh, the children of God, the church today. I firmly believe God wants us to have the same attitude as Abraham did and trust God where it comes to our money, just like we trust him when it comes to other things. How can the children of God be, be cursed when God has blessed them? So we see that in the five areas that the Bible identifies for us, affliction and persecution. Affliction just means trouble, difficulty. All we have to do is find out what the promise of God is in that area that we're experiencing lack. and put our faith in it and hold fast to the profession of our faith. Persecution, the only remedy there is for that is to pray for the people that are persecuting. We're not redeemed from persecution. In fact, Jesus said, since they persecuted me, they will do the same to you. And then the other three for the stony ground the cares of this world, like we said, those aren't evil things. Those are things that are necessary. But the Bible tells us to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. We can't allow ourselves to take Satan's bait, to worry no matter how crazy things get. And I think they're getting crazier and crazier as we go. But we can't allow ourselves to worry about those things, but rather put our faith in God. The last thing means don't let anything take first place in your life except the word. And again, the deceitfulness of riches. I believe, folks, the closer and closer we get to the end, the closer and closer we get to Jesus coming back for the church,
we're going to see some things that God does that'll be on par with some of the things that the Bible tells us about, particularly in the Old Testament. But I also believe we're going to see things that are even greater than some of those things. I believe God wants us to go out with a big bang. So the thing that we're supposed to learn, apparently, is that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, let's make our confession again. This is our year of jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and the miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Folks, I believe that's exactly what we're going to have. Exactly what we're going to have. Father, in Jesus' name, You said, if we abide in you and you abide, your word abides in us, we shall ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. And that us getting our prayers answered glorifies God. So Father, we thank you for that which we have already believed and confessed. Thank you for financial miracles. Thank you for miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Thank you for manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. Thank you that this is our year of Jubilee. We worship you, Father. We trust in you. We thank you for seeing us through. We thank you. operating through us even as you operated through Jesus when he was here on the earth. We trust you, Father, and we cast our cares over on you once and for all. We'll not let anything get in front of the word in our lives. And we will endure affliction by standing strong on your word, by saying what your word says about us. We thank you for proving us, Father, and bringing us into the fullness of what you have for your believer, your church as we believe in you. Thank you, Father, for seeing us through. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand.
Let's just lift our hands and thank God for what we've been believing for. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that your word comes to pass. Thank you that our words come to pass. Bless you, Holy Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, your word says to ask you for rain in the time of the latter rain and that you would make bright clouds or lightnings and you would give us everyone grass in the field. So we ask you, Father, for the rain. We thank you for providing your presence, the Holy Ghost, to answer the prayers of your people. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. We thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Say it with me. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks.